Welcome back to the State of Recruiting's Open Mic. I'm Mike Roach of Horns 247, and each week I'll be sitting down with a friend or colleague from the football industry to discuss football and recruiting. This week's guest is Justin Owens, better known as Coach O on Twitter. Coach O runs one of the best football recruiting services in Dallas. We talk about the nature of recruiting during a pandemic, some of his clients, and a couple of his Texas commits. So please enjoy this conversation with Coach O. And now joining me on this week's episode of Open Mic on the State of Recruiting, it is a good friend of mine. Uh, I know him as Justin Owens. You guys know him as simply Coach O on Twitter. He is uh, one of the greatest plugs in the recruiting game, and uh, we want to thank him for joining us. So, Coach O, thanks for coming on the show. Man, I appreciate you having me. Um, how's it going, man? How's, uh, how's quarantine been going for you? I know you've been busy putting on showcases and camps and all those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean it's it's everything is good. Uh, the recruiting game is like I say I, I said the other day changes every day. It's some new and some you know new rules, new guidelines. So we just got to keep up with the, with the current. You, I, I mean, my wife, if you asked her, would probably tell you that I think about recruiting all day, every day, and she's right most of the case. And I would say that in the times that I take to have downtime you're texting me or, or working on recruiting or doing something. Um, you're truly the epitome of recruiting never sleeps. So um, have you been kind of surprised at, at you know, how, how well it's run, I guess, during this pandemic and, and how much they've kept up with it? Or did you kind of expect that to happen? I expected it because some had to change, some had to give, you know, everybody's got time on their hands now. It's no excuse. It's, you know, um, I got to focus on my guys on campus. I got spring ball. Uh, we got meetings. Everybody's trying to get in and out of these Zoom meetings. It, you know, college coaches too. Uh, so I knew it, somebody was going to start the process and it, it, it was no excuse not to, not to start offering kids now. It's some people still aren't, that still aren't offering kids, um, but it had to get going. You've got um, – you, you advise a ton of guys and they're recruiting and help them out with it. Um, you know, we've been looking at this year as probably a, a record for decommits uh, by the end of this cycle. Um, is that something you anticipate happening? And, uh, you know, what are some of the discussions you're having for your guys who are committing to schools that they've never visited? Um, do as much research as you can. See if they have a virtual tour. Um, try to find somebody that attends the school, either if it's an athlete or not preferably an athlete, um, try to find some of the current guys on the roster and ask them, you know, how they treat the players, what's the environment like around there. Um, search that school for tweets uh, for anybody. You know, you can search and find any comment on any school. Um, so just do as much research as you can. But the, the biggest thing was, and I told somebody this, and they thought I was – they laughed at me when I put it on Twitter. I was the first one to put it on Twitter. I said – this is going to be the first class where we everybody's going to have to commit before they visit. And it was before we went before we went into quarantine and all that I knew it was going to come. I said they, they're not going to let people travel and a lot of people are going to have to commit sight unseen. And everybody was laughing, but I mean, almost 70, 80% of the kids, you know, that, that are ranked are, are getting ready to commit. And we got a big, big commitment weekend. You know, July 4th is always a big commitment weekend. Um. How how crazy do you anticipate this thing getting in the fall? If a if they can have visits and um, you know if if it becomes a case where they can't visit at all this year, do you think that we see more kids stay put? No way we get to we get to visit. 
it's no way possible um not not this first semester maybe in the spring they can find a way um i do i do i'm i think it's going to be some kids that'll de that's going to decommit that committed you know just because they panicked but i don't think it's going to be a big local class as we thought far as in the city now in the state yes well i mean because we're in texas mm -hmm. but i mean in so many schools within a five hour radius so you can drive and get to so many uh, national, nationally uh, ranked programs and solid programs that kids are, uh, the kids like. But um, I don't think it's going to be a lot of as much decommitting as people think. I really don't. I, I want to bring this to Texas for a second for our listeners. Um, Longhorns have commitments from uh, JD Coffey and Ishmael Ibrahim, both who play on your seven on seven team and. Uh, guys you're really close with you do the recruiting all that kind of thing they recruited a lot of your guys they're recruiting a lot of you guys as well um you know they were after Garrett Nussmeyer a lot of your 22s uh what have you noticed from this new Texas staff and um in, in the way they're recruiting just they're not with a few of the previous staff members and not all of them they would hold they would say Texas is Texas like they don't have to get after kids and stay after kids and recruit kids as hard as, as, as hard as other schools because it's quote unquote Texas, but Texas hasn't been the University of Texas in a while. It hasn't been the the shocker, like the offer where it's okay, shut down. Cause you know, two, three years ago when a kid get that Texas off, oh, he went to Texas, done deal. But with this staff, and I mainly speak to uh, Jay Valau, Valau is killing it. Every time I talk to my kids, yeah, I talk to Coach, we we FaceTime, my mom talked to him. He's doing a good job of staying after it and, and staying after the kids. Um, I think the the entire staff need to take a, an approach with that. Herb Hand does a great job. I've never said anything bad about him. He always locks in elite offensive linemen, no matter what. Um, but that, that, the difference is they're not treating it like Texas. They're treating it like Valau's treating it like he's just got his first Division One job, you know, because because I mean the pressure's on him. He came in in a tough situation, took over a tough room with a thousand different personalities, um, but he's he's handling it well. And I I can only speak for the person. I only only really talked to him and him and uh and Herm. So, and the, you know that's that's it. Not only did he come into a tough room, he, he has a pretty tough task ahead of him that I think you could speak to in, in recruiting Dallas and getting Texas back into being a force in the Dallas area. Um, it's something I've talked about a lot under Tom Herman. We thought maybe we'd see it change a little bit with Rashad Samples on staff and getting Jaquinta Jackson. Maybe they finally had a foothold. Obviously, losing Samples changed that up a bit. A coach that you and I are both very familiar with and very close with I've told the story before, reached out to Herman after signing day last year and told him that they weren't recruiting Dallas correctly. They didn't have a guy to do it. You've known Jay for a long time, going back to his time as being a trainer before he was mm -hmm. coaching. Um, do you think he has, you know, what it takes to kind of get Texas back into Dallas? He does. He does. He, he's going to need a little help um, just because – to get those offensive guys locked in, they're going to need an offensive coach. They're going to need somebody in the room that they see all the time and they can relate to. Um, I mean, somebody energetic, you know, that can that can relate to them. Um, but I, I, he he's getting it done. You know, we'll we'll see if he if he can hold it together. I think he will because he's consistent. 
you know, I talked to him yesterday and he was like, uh, you know, I'm on, voca- on vacation with my family, but I told, I told my wife, hey, I got to make this call. So like when he's, he's working, constantly working while he's on vacation, I mean, it's just those are the type of sacrifices you have to make, you know, to do some things people say you can't do. Um, you, you evaluate a lot of players. You've, like I mentioned, you coached, uh, JD and Ish. Uh, those are two recent Texas commits. What can you tell our listeners kind of about them and, and about their games? Uh, Ishmael is a kid that I'm, if I had to bet my bottom dollar, he's 99% to red shirt, uh, cause he's a thinner kid, you know, uh, really, really not involved in a real true off season. Uh, they're short staff over there. They're going through some renovations in the weight room. There's just a lot of stuff going on over there at Kimball. Um, uh, big, large family, you know what I mean? So he he's the type of kid that's going to come in and have uh, the biggest upside, I think, of a lot of kids because his ceiling is so much higher because he's still raw. Yeah, he's an All-American because he's got height, length. He got, he's got true 4-4 speed. He got great grades, being an inner-city kid. Um, humble kid, still doesn't know how good he is, but I think he's a kid that come in in automatic red shirt. He'll put in, he'll put on 15 pounds from June to August because he's never eaten like that and lifted like that in his life. So when he gets on campus, he'll probably be in the 160s, maybe. Yeah, he'll probably be in the 160s. He'll be probably 185 by the time the season starts. So, but Ishmael's best football is ahead of him, you know. Need to get his eyes checked. I, I think the boy is blind. That's why he can't catch. I keep telling him I got to take him to the doctor and get his eyes checked. But, you know, that's a little running joke with me and him. But uh, J.D., I think J.D. is a ready-now guy, uh, especially if, if he graduates early, he'll play as a freshman. If he can go through the spring, uh, pick up the system, his instincts are the best I've seen um, at DB in a long time, probably, probably top two or three I've ever seen. And, I mean – I, I was around Jamal Adams five, six years in a row training with Clay Mack. So, but instinct-wise, J.D. is there, solid tackler, uh, intelligent kid, very mature. Uh, spotlight's never too big for him. It's never too bright for him. So I think J.D. is a ready-now kid that can come in. If he can pick up the system, they can come in and play right away. Um, you – You've, like I mentioned earlier, you're you're pretty plugged in in Dallas. Um, I know the story, but uh, if you just tell our listeners, you know, how did you kind of get into to running this uh, the, this recruiting company? And I, I know you grew up in Dallas, you coached in Dallas. Uh, just kind of tell us your origin story there. Um, so basically, I was the uh, offensive coordinator. Well, well, let me see. I've coached almost in every neighborhood in Dallas, except West Dallas and North Dallas. But I always had kids that went to my schools from those neighborhoods. So, you know, me coaching in Pleasant Grove, I got to know everybody in, in the Grove. And then I, I coached in South Dallas. I got I got to coach uh, East Dallas kids and South Dallas kids while there. Um, then I got to Kimball, which is my dream job, because it's my alma mater. I got to Kimball's offensive coordinator, so I'm back in Oak Cliff. Then my dad was a little league coach, so I knew everybody. And basically, I just sampled, I sampled my game off of all the other guys I saw in the city. Uh, coach Coach uh, Snoop Johnson, that's an assistant at, at UTA, basketball coach. Uh, Lyndon Love, who's a basketball coach at, at Dallas Carter. I learned more from basketball coaches than I did from football coaches. As far as you have to be seen and be visible, and so, I mean, for five to six years, I saw every AAU tournament in, in Dallas, Texas. 
even sometimes out of town. And everywhere I went, people would just be like, oh, that's Coach O, that's Coach O. So by the time they get to high school, you know, and the kid, mom, I want to go play for Coach O. Okay, well, we've known him for a while. So that's kind of how, how it all started. But I got fired at Kimball in uh, August of 2012. And uh, my team was loaded. That was Terrion Gibson senior year. We, I mean, we were going to try to make a run. And um, I looked up, and I would still have seven, eight coaches sitting in my, in my living room. And so Jason Jones, who was at Oklahoma State at the time, now he's at Indiana, he told me, you need to start a service. Did some research, got some ideas from other people, started it, you know, started off 20, you know, 15, 20 kids. They all signed. I did that for two years, and I got I went up to 50 the third year. That fourth year, I just let it free fall. You know, I, I have to evaluate you before you can sign up. Got the website. And I never thought it would go into this. I, I, what I told myself is, I'm going to do the recruiting until DISD lets me back in to coach. I really don't want to coach anywhere else. I want to coach the kids I can relate to and the kids that people don't want to coach and the kids that are, that are being lost every day. So they still have not – I still can't be hired. I apply every year. Oh, okay. And, uh, every year. And so they, they reply the same thing as uh, your, hire st- your hiring status has not changed. So, I mean – I don't think I'll go back. I haven't applied this year. This will be the first year I haven't applied. But um, I, I was just going to do it until I could get back into coaching. But now it's it's grown in such of a, a large and bigger platform than I ever thought it would. You know, I turn people away every day, um, you know, because I, I just I really want to take on kids. I think I can really help uh, that aren't a head case, you know, mostly parents are the head case, not the kids. But that's basically how it, you know, had turned into it. And um, how it really blew up, I started doing camps. I started partnering with people doing camps. I hosted a, a college satellite camp when the NCAA rules permitted us to. And, and it's just it's just grown into something I never thought it would be. You, one of the reasons you and I are so close is you, you use the media really well for your, for your guys and get, get them really involved and make sure we're in the loop all the time on your guys. Um, you know, where did, where did your, I guess, your, your idea to, to keep the media very involved and, and use us in, in that way come, come into play? Um, it was EJ Holland. That's what it, it was. Um, I'll take that back. It was Jason Howell. I asked Jason Howell a question about about uh that's when he was writing he was with the Orange Bloods correct mm-hmm. he was with the Orange Bloods I asked him a question and he answered it I talked to the University of Texas he told me word for word what Jason Howell said I could tell that that Howell had communication with the staff so I asked him I said hey man did you talk to this coach because he said the same thing so y'all talk to him all the time. So at that point, remember that, that a lot of media people did not have relationships with the coaches. They were just reporting, and 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 so when that when that happened, I said, uh, J- Jeremy Clark, same way. I was doing my cousin's recruiting, Jordan Winnington, and he Jeremy Clark texts DM me and said, Hey, uh, uh, J- Jordan killed the camp. I said, Yeah, I'm here. He said they gonna offer. I was like, Damn, bro, okay, appreciate that. I said, Who'd you talk to? Oh, I talked to the to the offensive coordinator. I said, it's two times in a row. So after that, I just said, man, I, I start getting with the media and connecting with the media people that have a direct relationship with the staff. Like, a lot of people don't know. You have helped me out with offers. Uh, EJ Holland has helped me out with offers. Uh, 
Ryan down with Texas has helped me out. You know, uh, I hit up Billy today asking about some some uh, LSU information and stuff like that. Man, people don't understand it's a media-driven market, and I feel like you can't complain. I complain about the rankings, but I know it's not my local guys that do the rankings to national people. But when you when you have when you can talk to people that have the ear of college coaches and they're involved in ranking your kids, giving your kids stars and updating their profile. I got to do everything in the world to make y'all happy. I think there's uh, – <laughs> well, first of all, man, we enjoy hanging out. We, we enjoy yeah. the, those times in the AT&T press box, you know, sitting together for 12 hours, learning the things we learn. Um, you know, the, you learn the wildest things in the AT&T press box. I tell people all the time, uh, especially from you, because you'll say something, and I'm not going to say what it was. I don't want to air you out. But you'll say something three months in advance, and then down the road three months it'll happen. And I can yeah. think back to that night we were sitting there, and you told me. But um, I think, you know, there's – obviously, you're a former high school coach, and, and high school coaches, it's a strong union in the state. I mean, it's, it's one of the strongest unions, but – I think maybe you get a bad rap at times is I, I, you'll get lumped in with the street agents of the world and things like that. And, you know, I know on a personal level how many times you come out of your own pocket to help some kids or, or do, you know, how many kids you've let him free to your camps just so they can get some exposure and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I know that you're a lot of coaches in the, in the state do know you and, and would speak highly of you. Um, you know, where, how would you say, you know, you're, your business works with, uh, you know, in, in accordance with theirs? Well, if it's a high school coach, I know I talk to them, but when like, so let's say coach Gilbert over at Lancaster, been known him for years, uh, never coached against him, but we always played seven or seven against him when I was an officer coordinator at, uh, at multiple schools. We always played against when he was at SOC. And, um, if a kid from Lancaster hits me up and say, Coach, I want to come on and hire you, do your recruiting, I won't take him. I'll hit up Gilbert. Hey, Coach, your kid's trying to contact me and hire me for recruiting, you know, yada, yada, yada. Okay, appreciate it, though. If it's a coach I have a relationship with and I know they're working for their kids, I won't take them. Because a lot of a lot of times is it could be an unhappy parent. It can be an unhappy parent, and, and they'll say, um, my kid's being overlooked. They're not pushing my kid. But in the back of my mind, I know, hey, your son is a Division II, maybe NAIA player, but you see everybody getting Division One offers. That's the problem in recruiting. And they want somebody to blame. First person they're going to blame is the head coach. The second one they're going to blame is the recruiting coordinator. They never blame their own transcript. They never blame that their, their child has uh, bad measurables. They never complain that their child has limited film. He was hurt, um, has never taken a test. None of that stuff factors in. It's always, if they're getting recruited, my son should get recruited. So, like with Cedar Hill, I have one client at Cedar Hill, but he became a client before Coach Mann got there. So, it, it's just, that, that's how it is. If, 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 if I have a relationship with you and I know you're working for your kids, I'm not going to take that kid as a client. That's the, that's the biggest thing. I'll help him out. Like, I've, I've got plenty of high school coaches that hit me. Um, coach, can you can you send this kid here? Like uh, Coach Johnson at Spring High School, he was getting a bad rep for a minute because his kids were getting frustrated. Man, they do. He works hard for his for his guys. He really does. Co coach Vinny Estacado, we worked together on a lot of stuff. Uh, coach Bird at Highland Park, 
Coach Rowe at, at uh, uh, down in the Austin area. Cedar Park. Yeah. Cedar Park. We work together with, on a lot of stuff, and, and they bounce ideas off of me. So that's the that's the big the biggest thing is I don't I don't want to step on people's toes. You know, if if I tell a kid like let's say a kid at Allen uh, hires me and do the recruiting, I tell them straight up, hey, you can't tag me in anything because as soon as I get your offer, they're gonna they gonna tell you not to tag me anymore. And I don't I don't care. I don't force it. I just retweet it. Keep sending the kid film out because it's not about me. I don't have to beat my chest and say I got the kid to offer. You know, it is what it is. We hope you're enjoying this episode of The State of Recruiting. We'll be back with this interview after a brief word from our sponsors. Um, I think that it seems like lately in some of your showcase events you've had, there have been a lot of, a lot more high school coaches coming out. To, and I think probably the pandemic plays into that. They've got nothing else going on, but um, they've kind of come out to see what you guys are doing. Have you received a little more positive feedback from them on, on those sorts of things? I have, I have, and I ask them all the time. You see anything we need to change, or anything we need to do to, you know, for our safety, or anything like that. And you're right. This year has been the most high school coaches I've ever had. I tell them come out, record, do whatever you need to do for your kids, man. And if you want to see something, let me know. But uh, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from it, man. And I, I, I put it out all the time. If you ever want to come by, like when when me and Flight were coaching seven on seven, hey, you want to come out practice, see what we're doing. Because I tell people all the time, we're not just lying up running pick plays. And and if if you draw it on your hand, it's not a wrap. You know, we're running real concepts, try to get some real real progressions and reads. Because um, like the first, I think the first three tournaments, or the first two tournaments, I made all my quarterbacks take, uh, take the ball off the tee so they have to take a drop. That's the most annoying thing in the world is just see a kid standing flat-footed playing quarterback like he'll do that in high school. Um, but and that's the other reason I told Flight I like I like pylon is you get to play action because you can actually run the ball. You know what I mean? You get to run some, you can run some RPO stuff. You know if you if you run a boot or, or any type of waggle, they really have to respect the mesh. So it's just a lot of a lot of different stuff, uh, real coaching points that that come into it that I would love for high school coaches to come see. You guys have one of the most talented seven on seven teams in the state of Texas when you consider. I'm going to name a bunch of dudes, and I'm probably going to miss some, so forgive me. Um, but when you consider Garrett Nussmeyer, quarterback committed to to LSU, the two guys we talked about committed to Texas, Andrew McCuba, one of the top safeties, uh, Deuce Harmon committed to A&M. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But y'all's goal has is never been to win tournaments. It's always been to get the kids some work and get them college scholarships. Um, from that vantage point, it would seem to me, I would score it, that you guys are doing very well on on getting college scholarships. How do you feel you guys are doing? Uh, I tell people all the time, we're the most recruited 707 team in the country. It's Our kids have started to say it now, like, because, you know, you got some kids starting to pick up 1AA stuff and D2 stuff. So, I mean, probably 95% of our program has some type of offer. And the kids even saying, hey, man, nobody else in the country is getting recruited like this. And – that's why I don't show I don't show emotion when we lose. I don't care. I want to come out here. I want to win. But if we lose, we lose. Hey man, let's line up, shake hands, get ready to go. Because most of the time, if we if we getting ready to go, we getting ready to go on a visit. Uh, we getting ready to hit the road and head back. We here to play. And I'm gonna be honest. Like Nussmeyer didn't need to play seven on seven. Who he don't? He is who he is who he is. He was who he was before he started playing with us. He played with us to have fun. 
where he didn't have to be QB one and do everything politically correct. He can come out and just have fun and, 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 and really compete because he's a competitor. He's a fiery guy. And I use him as, as an example. They just want to get out, you know, and, and play against some elite guys, play with some, with some elite guys. But mainly, man, we just have fun. We just have fun, go out and play, make sure everybody gets recruited. And that's it. We don't practice like, like, I think we practice probably five times, maybe the whole, maybe it's probably six times the whole seven on seven season. We practice six times. Other than that, we, we didn't run a lot of plays. We run a, we run five or six concepts and just we'll motion, motion and shift and move people around. So it looks like something else. It's the same thing. You know, we just get it done. On that Mike Leach doing it on the little index card, right? With, you know, same same five plays. We're just doing them out of different looks. Um, see. Speaking of your guy Nussmeyer, I it's funny. I was tuned back into. I didn't get to see the whole Elite Eleven stream last night, so I took my wife's car into the shop this morning to get looked at. Was sitting there for three hours and thought, you know what? I'll watch these pro days from Elite Eleven. And I log on to their Instagram, and about five minutes into Nussmeier's session, I hear the guy holding the camera go, hey, chill out, uh, Simply Coach O. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing many hats. I didn't get to see the comments. What did you get called for there? Okay. So <laughs> the guy is – while Nussmeier's going, he's turning and, and talking to, I think, the USC commit, mm-hmm. asking him questions, and, and he'll turn it. So I was just like, hey, man, can we – you know, can you put the quarterback on – can you put the, the camera back on Nussmeier? And he's steady going over. I said, I said, hey, man, uh, <laughs> do your damn job. That's exactly what I said. Do your damn job. And that's when he was like, hey, I got to wear many hats. I said, man, focus. I've been watching this three hours to see one guy. I need to see this guy. You know, but that's a uh, – Elite 11 was cool. Um, got to change the, the judge, though. Got to change the point guy. He was he was bad. He, met, he only messed up on about three kids, but it was bad. It was bad misses on three or four kids. And then the camera guy, man, if, if I mean, if I got to pay for Jay Lee to get out there, man, we got to get it done. <laughs> it feels like you could just have an intern that we don't need you to talk over everything, you know. feels like you could just have an intern hold that phone and just focus on the quarterback while everybody else does what they need to and, do. But And the other thing is the all the quarterbacks that have already gone are standing next to him talking to him. Yeah, Let's get a little structure and get them to the sideline <laughs> and get them away from the kid that's going. You know, uh, it was it was bad, but I mean, I, I'm glad he got to experience that. I know it's a every quarterback's dream, you know, and and they they probably didn't think they were gonna get to have it because of everything that's going on. So I'm I'm happy, you know, him Salters, uh, Morden out of Eastland, he one of my favorite kids. So I got to see all three of those guys, man, light it up. Yeah, you know, it looked like all those guys had good runs. I thought Caden was really good in in his pro day. I thought Garrett was as well, and I didn't get to see Nuss's um his accuracy thing today. I didn't get to watch all those yet, but uh, I thought those guys all had good runs. And I, I sent them all, all the Texas guys a little message beforehand saying, you know, we're all rooting for you back home. So tear it up. Um, what do you think are the biggest misconceptions about you and your business that the regular person has out there that are wrong? They probably, they probably think I'm rich. I don't know why people think that. <laughs> um, I'm probably the cheapest service out that actually gives people offers. Um, I don't want to be seen. I don't care about being seen. I, you know, it's, it's, I went to a college camp, man. It's this the funniest thing in the world. I went to a college camp and it's another guy that has, it's some, there's plenty of people have recruiting services. And, uh, he went to it. He was at a session and all the kids that work with him, he took a picture with him. 
um, with his arms with his arms out, and I was just looking to myself like nobody in that picture got an offer. What are you doing? Like, show what the kids are doing and move on. Go get them an offer. Like you over here taking pictures. Go talk to those coaches. I'm over there talking to a coach. I'm not there for that. I'm here to talk to a coach. That's the biggest thing is people think that we're in it for us, and some are. Some are in it for themselves. They're in it for their name. They're in it to 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 drive more money to get you know to get more attention and stuff like that. I tell people all the time. I turn people away every day, you know, just to make it be a regular thing. The other thing is, the misconception is, I do not reach out to kids. I do not contact kids. You And I tell, that's the first thing I tell a parent on the phone. Hey, your son contacted me. He's interested in my service. He was referred by so-and-so, so-and-so. If you're not referred or you just see me on social media or see me in person, you won't talk to me because I'm not going to contact you. You know, so what I tell people is, if I if I contact you, if I reach out to you and say, hey, man, uh, so you should have this, you should have that. I'm going to do your recruiting for free. Because when I was a coach, I tell people all the time, hey, man, if somebody come, if somebody looking for you, they looking for money. That's what it is. Recently, it, it sounded like you were going to take a job at a, what, Texas College or, or mm-hmm. somewhere like that. It was and Texas College. Texas College. And I, th- I was sad, man. I was like, I'm going to miss my guy. He's getting out of the game. And then you hit us with the Wolf of Wall Street. I, I'm not going nowhere. Um <laughs> I, I ain't effing leaving. Um, so it sounds like you're you're at least for the twenty three class you're you're in in the game and uh, and ready to go. How how much longer do you see yourself doing this? Because I know earlier this year you were talking about maybe getting out of it. I'm here until the NCAA changes the relationship rule that they put in. Um, now if that rule changes, I'm gone. I can't I can't pass up a Division One uh, opportunity. And I don't want to coach. I, I, I would love to coach high school. I'd love to be office coordinator again, maybe coach some O-line or something. Um, I don't want to coach a position at the college level. It's too much. It's, it's, it's too much pressure. You can get fired any day. I'm, I'm too old to, to, to jump into that. I, would, I think I'm more beneficial uh, working in somebody's recruiting department, evaluating film, um, identifying who, who can – who can make this make the university better? Who can come on campus and fit in? Um, if you go to if you the thing about me is if you attend a high school in the state of Texas, it's probably a seventy percent chance I'm gonna know somebody in your family. You know, because I just I've been everywhere, done everything in the state, and I think just those relationships are really help a, a, a university, help a college. So until that happens, I'm here. I'm uh, I got my first twenty twenty four client. Um, so I'm here. That, that means you're you're still attending games, still be in the press box with us. If 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 uh, the governor lets us, I mean, it's, we ramp boys. I'm still here. Okay, ramp boys for life. Um, all right. Well, that's gonna do it for us today. Uh, oh, I, I appreciate you joining me, man, and um, and giving some insight into the recruiting game and uh, you know, some of those players for Texas. I think uh, I think people will find this one real interesting. And I'll give you a teaser. I think next week's show is going to feature our friend, Coach Foster. We're going to get his name out there and talk about maybe the most underappreciated evaluator in the state of Texas. Definitely is. He definitely is. All right, man. Well, we uh, appreciate you for taking some time to join me today. All right, no problem. Appreciate you for having me. All right.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the State of Recruiting's Open Mic. As a reminder, you can find the show on any major podcast platform, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. We would also like to ask that you go to any of those podcast platforms and subscribe, rate, and review our podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you.